If you happen upon a pile of latent coarse fecal matter in the Fisher Towers, have you discovered a crime against humanity or an artifact protected by the Antiquities Act? All kidding aside, pooping in the backcountry has become a serious issue on our public lands. As public lands and parks continue to experience ever-burgeoning visitation, things like off-trail travel, human waste disposal, and search and rescues become bigger and bigger issues. Issues we contend with on a daily basis here in Moab and the Greater Canyonlands. To help address these issues, Grant County has created several new interpretive staff positions to interact with and educate those visiting our public lands. On today's Great Wide Open, we have a conversation with Anna Sprout, who is the first and current Grand County Active Transportation and Trails Responsible Recreation Program Coordinator. We talk about these programs, including the Trail Ambassador Program, and the steps the ambassadors in Grand County are taking to minimize the negative effects of outdoor adventures. So I hope you will sit back and enjoy this show. And know that if you are not able to listen to this show in its entirety or any of the KZMU public affairs or news shows, you can listen to them on the web, kzmu.org, or find them any place that you prefer to get your podcasts. Should you have any questions or comments about Great Wide Open, feel free to email me at kzmugwo at gmail.com. Good afternoon, KZMU listeners in Moablandia and beyond. This is Lisa Hathaway, your host of Great Wide Open. And here on this May edition of Great Wide Open, I am sitting down with Anna Sprout, who is the newly anointed Responsible Recreation Program Coordinator for the Grand County... Active trails, trails and transportation. You took the words right out of my mouth. It's like you knew what I wanted to say somehow. I did. <laughs> How could you tell I was getting hung up? Because uh, it's a long name. <laughs> <laughs> and so many of us are used to referring to it as like trail mix, as the lump. Right, right. Trail mix now is uh, the trail mix committee. So separate from Grand County Active Transportation and Trails, uh, an advisory board, as you would, um, to Grand County Active Transportation and Trails. We like to call ourselves GCAT. I like the GCAT because GCAT is way easier to remember than all those big words. Exactly. But let's get back to you. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you became a GCAT? Rare. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I moved here six years ago and I've worked in a couple bike shops and as a shuttle driver in this area. I, mo I mountain biked a lot during that time. I still mountain bike to this day. Um, but then after about two, three years, I moved back into education. My master's degree is in education. Um, and so I started up as the ninth grade math teacher for Grand County High School. Uh, during the pandemic, uh, which was a big responsibility to take on. And just recently, I've transitioned out of it and into this new role as the re Responsible Recreation Program Coordinator. And let's do, um, I'm sure most of our listeners are familiar with either or Moab Trail Mix or the GCAT, as I'm going to call it for forever now. <laughs> um, can you give us a little bit of like a background um, for the person who might not really know what uh the Moab Trail Mix and Grand County Active Transportation and Trails are all about. Right. Um, so as my understanding, check with Maddie, <laughs> is that um, Trail Mix originated um, 16 to 20 years ago, and they um, collaborate and have been collaborating throughout that time with local land agencies to help maintain, create, and build trails on our public lands. Um, the Trail Mix has helped to create um, the Moab Brands, Navajo Rocks, and help maintain um, the whole enchilada and some of these really popular trail systems in this area, Captain Ahab. Um, and so all this collaboration kind of brought about the 200 plus miles of single track that we have here uh, for non-motorized recreation. 
And then um, they... Oh, yes. And then, you know, trail mix, that longstanding history. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the process was, but um, Grand County Active GCAT um, was brought into the county, uh, sort of made separate from the trail mix committee. The committee is now an advisory board to GCAT um, and the county and the city. And now we function as uh, part of the county, um, helping to maintain, um, and in this case, educate folks who visit this area, maintain trails and help educate folks who visit this this area. <laughs> yeah, and um, I was looking at um, some historical data um, and the numbers of growth that we have had uh, from whatever data we can get collecting trail use data are pretty staggering. So mm -hmm. we're looking at like, I think some of those trails were at least four to five times as many unique users mm -hmm. cataloged or uh, whatever um, counted versus like in 2016 or 2017, I think was when they started maybe collecting the data mm -hmm. or what they're comparing it to. So it's a pretty insanely huge increase in tra trails usership. Yeah, from a little over a million folks in 2010 <clears throat> to 3 million plus now. Um, so that's a huge increase. Um, and we recognize that with this increase, there's also um, brand new users out on the trails who may not have be as familiar with our trails in our desert um, as maybe... Um, as maybe folks used to be. And so, and, you know, there's been a campaign over the past couple of years of don't bust the crust. Um, and now we're trying to transition into this idea of responsible recreation. It goes beyond just busting our crust. It has to do with human waste and, um, you know, well, bus crust has to do with plant life. Um, and, respecting other users because as we have more users we have various users um, so uh, drones dogs um, just music just about anything we can think of that kind of makes noise we also have to consider how we respect others when we use our natural spaces so um, there's a lot of education that we're trying to um, communicate to folks at our trailheads through our new trail ambassador program and you came to your current position through the ambassador program? I did. So um, last fall, I was still teaching. And I was also working part-time on the weekends to be a trail ambassador. And my role was on the weekends was to man a tent at the trailheads and educate folks who were visiting to the area on responsible recreation, leave no trace, and... Um, a huge portion of our conversation is about biocrust. And so you might have seen me at Mill Creek or Corona Arch or Grand Staff educating folks as they came to the trailhead before their hike. And so um, that was a really great experience. I've always thought we needed something like that. When I first moved here, I recognized um, within the bike shops there's a lot of information getting passed on. And once folks are out at the trailhead, they have lost a lot of the trail information, especially the critical portions to doing uh, about our ecosystem. And so um, having this presence out there helps to remind folks that we do have a fragile ecosystem and that we are all capable of being the solution to it. And yeah, a lot of the onus has historically been on particularly gear shop um, employees, but even servers in restaurants or people checking people into hotels or whatever, that, you know, there's just been this kind of under unspoken tenant of you have to educate the public how to use and utilize the desert without harming the desert. And in a way, it's it's great that we've had this sort of culture existing forever and ever, as long as I can remember. And I've been here for more than 30 years now. But it's also a lot of responsibility to try to give on somebody who has the additional actual job of 
perhaps, you know, outfitting someone for bikes and you're like measuring their, their weight and you're adjusting their shocks and their fork and stuff like that. And meanwhile, you're also supposed to like try to explain to them how to avoid biocrust or how to take a poop in the woods and things like that. And it's, it's a lot. And so it's an important role, especially as we've seen our numbers just skyrocket, particularly in the past four years, but even steadily before that, that this resource can't handle people just running willy nilly. Right, right. And so that's where we come in as the trail ambassadors um, at the trailheads and even on trails. I have folks um, out there, myself included, educating folks on trail. You can actually find BioCrust right next to the trail. And so it's actually pretty fascinating to watch people's eyes light up when you um, identify BioCrust. And we know it as this dark black um crust sand and once you put a little bit of water on it it comes alive it starts to turn green and so that really engages folks sense of disbelief like this really is living soil Um, it's often dormant and so once you know having those interactions with individuals and and providing that experience actually engages their empathy for the area and the impact that it's had. And that's a really great uh, way to phrase it, the empathy for the area, because it's not just rules and regulations, but yes, this is a living ecosystem. And once it's gone, it takes a really, really, really long time to recover, possibly not in our lifetimes. So we need to treat it with great empathy and great respect. Most definitely. And, um, you know, with the amount of people that we're seeing on the trail, it becomes even more critical. And so, you know, for example, we have seen a thousand people at Corona Arch in one day. That's um, if we weren't there, that's 2000 footsteps that may or may not stay on the trail. And so um, we are trying to Uh, bring people in with a positive attitude and educational attitude. We're not there to be any sort of enforcement. Um, We're out there um, utilizing um, authority of the resource. So what that means is we are putting the focus on the resource that exists around us versus the the laws or, or the the authority, like you cannot step on the biocrust versus the biocrust has important reasons important um importance to our ecosystem and this is and this is why we shouldn't step on it um and so our our staff are trained to focus on the resource focus on the educational portion and use very inclusive language when they're communicating with visitors um to kind of give folks a joyful learning experience while they're at our tent and while they're on our trails and i think that also helps with um engaging this population coming in who might not have all this experience. I can, it it can often be difficult to approach a tent, (laughs) but um, our staff are trained on approaching, uh, approaching others and engaging them with um, these, well, at at times our stickers, (laughs) if that's what it needs to be, but also with, um, with, with the learning material, I think most people are happy to learn about BioCrest and to recognize that they're surrounded by something so essential and that um, and that there is importance in this area along the trails. I think once we all kind of realize that, we all take on a, a small burden of protecting it. And, you know, all you have to do is endure one windstorm out at some place like Willow Flats to... <laughs> have just the importance of soil maintenance Mm -hmm. be, you know, really right front and center. Obviously there's other reasons as well, but that is like a really like firsthand visceral experience why we want to protect these soils and foster future growth. Exactly. And something that I did recently was I got science certified with Science Moab, um, which is great. And we're hoping that our trail ambassadors can um, do that moving forward. Um, And, Something that I really appreciated about that experience is that they focus on creating connections with people and the environment. And so, you know, one great connection that we can make uh, is that as we have a loss of the biocrust from various industries, including recreation, that um, 
that actually blows into our mountain regions that surround us and it affects the melting point of snow. And so people really want their ski seasons. And uh, once they have that connection as to what their footprints can do, uh, there is greater meaning behind their actions. And so that also brings a light to their eye of, oh, this does have larger consequences than just the vegetation that I see. This affects what I do in the time I can't be in the desert. Yes, I'm so glad you brought that up because that is like one of my personal like obsessive soapboxes is like rooster tails kill snow, you know, like if you've got a protect our winter sticker on your car and you're driving in your mountain bike up Sand Flats Road and you're kicking up a dust storm, you are basically contributing to your own demise, your own recreation demise in a sense. And not not just recreation, but the sustainability of water and our water tables. And it's like so connected and it's important for people to have the agency to realize that they are connected to this whole process. Right. And so, um, making those connections, definitely, you know, if somebody's upstream of us, I like to make the connection to ski season. If they're downstream of us, I like to make the connection to water sources throughout the year. You know, if all of our snow melts early in the year, there's less water downstream of us. So that also provides um, some level of importance for them to stay on the trail as well if they're, you know, south of us. (laughs) And it's, it's like it, you know, in so many things, like people feel like, how is composting or recycling really going to, you know, help the climate? But, you know, a thousand little tiny things can add up to bigger things. And by having this agency over your action in a place that's as fragile as the desert, Mm -hmm. then you are more connected to that whole picture of water for yourself or for your plants or for your river trip. If you live in Southern California or snow on the peaks in the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. And so that was a great connection um, and like way to communicate and educate uh, that Science Moab pointed out, which we really I really appreciated. It helps with um, with with giving people that agency to make the decision. So um, that was an awesome experience. Highly recommend it. Um, Is that something that's available to like? people at large or is it I think so I think so I think it might I don't know exactly we have further conversations to have but it was just a good experience to really gather a lot more information on biocrust the geology of the area and then communicate its importance to others so um because those connections are always key and um yeah yeah And um, if there is additional information about lots of these topics, I'll just remind all you listeners, we do always um, post whatever information we can find so you can do your own research and follow up on the website. And getting my NPR on, I am going to say that this is Great Wide Open on KZMU, and I'm having a conversation today with Anna Sprout, who is our new Responsible Recreation Program Coordinator for GCAT. And on that note, um, you started as ambassador, as we said earlier on, and the ambassador program is still going on. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But how did that roll into, um, that's a a temporary position and a part-time position, the ambassadors. Mm -hmm. How did you take that to the next level and um, take it as a full-time job? Well, I made the very difficult decision to leave teaching um, early. Um, during the school year uh, with the full support of my colleagues and my students Um, and you know I I have a background in education teaching specifically my master's degree is in it Um, my bachelor's is in biology and so this combination along with my recreational activities did make me a very good candidate for the position I know it was a tough choice there's a lot of really um, awesome people in this area that um, are also qualified. So I was really appreciative to have gotten this job, especially as, you know, as great of a transition as it was. And so in this role, I'm now managing trail ambassadors and acting as one myself. I mentioned earlier that uh, only two out of six of our positions are filled as trail ambassadors right now. And um, that's, I think that's a larger difficulty than just, you know, the, the program. I mean, it is brand new, but I don't think that we're the only ones hurting for employees right now. So a um, little shout out to hopefully anybody that wants to um, be outside and 
uh, educate folks on responsible recreation in our area and really start having those conversations. They're great conversations to have. A lot of times, I'd say 99% of the times, they are positive encounters with folks really wanting to know more about our, our ecosystem. And then, um, you know, I've talked about what I've done as a trail ambassador um, working on the weekends, but during the weekdays, we actually have trail ambassadors out by themselves educating folks on the trail. So my trail ambassadors get paid to hike um, and bike and educate people while they're out there as well. Of course, we're always wearing our uniform and representing Grand County, so all of these uh, all of these interactions are very professional and educational, but they are happening throughout the week as well. And so that's a, this is something really great about this position is there's autonomy in it and there's independence and there's also will give you the foundation for making these connections, teaching and um, and passing on the knowledge. So. Uh, that's something that I really like about this position is I can, I can be outside and living my passion of education and teaching, but I also um, do uh, projects on the community side um, in the office that focus on various levels of education. At, it focuses on education at various levels of trip planning as well. This is just one level of trip planning that we see, which is at the trailhead before you get on the trail. But there's also at the bike shops, there's also at the trail apps, there's also, um, you know, different websites. So there's so many different ways for us to educate folks, and I'm really excited to be pursuing those, those avenues as well. What might be um, an example of something you would do with, like, the trail apps? Well, you know, we have reached out to various trail apps, and I think one idea that has been floated around is and that is not necessarily going to happen, um, but this is very beginning conversations of um, possibly having some sort of video pop up to access the Moab trails talking about responsible recreation in our area um, once a year for users, just so that they kind of get it, they do get a glimpse at that level of um, uh, of LNT, of our bio crust, of our human waste issues in this area, because um, all of this information is easily accessible and found, but the responsible rec portion of it is not easily found. Um, I think, I'm not sure if very many people know that you can't actually dig a cat hole in our desert and poop in our desert anymore. You have to use some sort of toilet system. Um, and dispersed camping, folks who might not find that information might actually be doing, um, may be you know, digging their cat holes and they just don't know. But if we can reach them on the trail apps for these small bits of information that can slowly add up from trail apps to bike shops to, to on the trail, we can, we can do our parts um, in, in, together in, you know, maintaining and preserving our desert. Yeah, I can definitely say um, watching the human waste issue it's one of the hugest issues in outdoor recreation or outdoor use in general. And in the climbing user group over the past, I'd say like 20 years, but maybe more like 10 years, pretty hardcore of just getting that, um, that habit and that it's become more of a norm. People know now that they have to be prepared to deal with their own human waste and there are lots of ways to do it, um, but packing it out in one way or another versus leaving it out anywhere in the desert. And it's become like the norm, I would say, in climbing. Climbers assume if they're going for a long day out that they have to have some form of waste management with them. And it's been really interesting to see that happen, coming from an era where that was not the case at all, even remotely, to it becoming a big issue and now the user group just by like you know the small changes of one person does it and it passes on to a couple more people you know by word of mouth or just habit and now it's become a norm right right and the user group for uh I, and i love that that's happening in the climbing community because um it's been a long time since i've climbed but um if we think about the accessibility of just hiking in general and just camping and the amount of influx that we have from people, you know, really uh, wanting to get outside during this pandemic, um, 
the accessibility of hiking makes it so much easier for folks without that knowledge and without that um, learning that throughout the years and the foundation that it sounds like the climbing community has now, um, we have to start addressing it just like the climbing community did. And, you know, the climbing community took a lot of cues from the boating community who have been forced for a long time to, I shouldn't say forced, you know, it's been the norm for a long time to be aware that you cannot just leave human waste in rivers or on the sides of rivers and and things like that. And it has permeated through um, our climbing culture. And I'm sure that it's probably quite quickly accelerating through the cycling and hiking and whatnot communities who used to be able to probably disperse their waste a little bit better. You're on a bike, you're hiking, you know, you're moving like climbers had to deal with it pretty head on because you'd go to a crag and there would, it was just obvious. Right. It was just everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been, it's, I think the climbing community's done a pretty good job with that. And I think all the rest will follow suit because they'll start to realize their nice places are garbage dumps and right or human waste disposals and nobody wants that yeah and on this you know this is uh, a really large scale that we're working with we're hoping that with this collaboration with trail apps that we can begin that process of informing a, the large population the folks that maybe don't have this leave no trace background um and that maybe think that this is a normal process to walk down trails and, and see or smell waste or toilet paper. So um, that's one stage. And then, you know, all of our businesses have done a very good job of communicating what they can during their process, during their process of, you know, uh, bringing in visitors, getting them on their bikes or getting them the gear that they need and then um, having them um having them go out and recreate and so that's another level of trip planning that I'm starting to engage in businesses have done a great job but there are some small things that I think that we can do as a community that would help with this specifically this waste issue um, that we have here in this community and so that means having conversations with um, you know uh, transfer station the waste management and um, and businesses um, and county and city entities to to find ways where we can dispose of this waste properly because the just you know thank you for taking your carrying your waste out but how do we dispose of it safely in this community and i know that you know we have seen problems with disposal because these bags are ziplocked and they explode on some of the employees yeah and that's a that's a massive um health risk it is. And so what is our next step as a community? So if, if we're selling these wag bags, we also have to be communicating where they need to be disposed. And as they're disposed, we also have to make sure that um, our disposal areas are accessible, easily accessible for all um, recreational groups. And so these are broader conversations that I'm starting to have with folks from, you know, every level of the local government and businesses as well. Um, just to, to start having this consistent messaging within businesses, whether it's via signage or, you know, um, science education and just making sure that um, not only is our, not only are we, <laughs> are we, um, you know, giving them information on the bio crust and these things that we do find um, and lo- that we do locally love, but also how do we maintain it in terms of our human human waste issues? So, yeah, I think um, a lot of people don't realize you can't just throw those things in a trash can, and if um, if you have them in your trash can, the waste management people, you know, if they see it, they're not going to pick it up, and it's. The the human waste bags present, this is like a whole topic for another day, but they present such a huge issue um, from a biological standpoint because they're very obviously non-biodegradable. They're made from multi-layer plastics and mylar, which can't be, well, obviously no one's going to recycle a poop bag. But um, there are other ways out there that you can do that um, on your own and pack your waste out. For example, using like a bio bag inside of 
a mylar bag that you can reuse again and again and again. And you can dump that into your toilet. You might not want to put the bio bag down your toilet, but you can, that's what I do with my dog poop. You know, I pick it up and I empty the dog poop into whatever, like uh, an outhouse or my own toilet or something like that. And then it sounds kind of gross, but you can rinse the bag out and use it again. But you know, there are ways that are more sustainable. We'll save that topic for another day. (laughs) It's a big big topic. The Adopted Trails program. Mm -hmm. So that's a new thing that is part of the GCAT purview. Do you want to tell us about that? And are you involved with that at all? Not really. Um, That's a Tyson. uh, You know, Tyson's is our uh, trails operator. Well, we'll just tell um, KZMU listeners another program that is being developed um, for primarily for, I'm assuming, local groups is Adopt-A-Trail. And Adopt-A-Trail, you can get whatever your group is, um, and you can pick a selection of a trail, a section of a trail, or an entire trail, and you can be part of the community effort to maintain these trails. Do you know what some of the things they are doing for Mm -hmm. these trails? Yeah, so adopt a trail, um, you're really, you're out there, and you're riding the trails, and you're taking care of um, smaller maintenance issues. So if you see a bike somebody has biked off the trail significantly, you might rake that out. Um, If you see larger issues, that's something that you'll report to GCAT um, so that we can, we we have it on our radar and we can eventually fix it. So it's, um, it's, it's kind of like a ride and rake almost. Um, You ride, you take pictures, you, you inform us of your encounter and, um, and, and we fix larger issues, but we want and encourage community members to take, to adopt a trail, especially if it's something that you ride a lot, because if you love that trail, you want it to keep looking the way it does. And with your help and, um, with, you know, our trails crew, we can keep it that way. What about, um, so say you're a local or a regular visitor to Moab and you're riding or hiking trails, do you encourage people to do any sort of um, maintenance or trail love beyond like the basic like picking up of trash or anything? Or do you prefer, does GCAT prefer it to be a little bit more organized so they have a little bit more say in what the process is? Oh, that's a tough one because large things we definitely want to take on. and I can think, you know, we've done, the, our trails crew has done a lot of work on Alaska recently. Um, a lot That's of, up in the North Klondike trail system? Yes. And so they're moving rocks. And so we're using very specific ne- techniques to move those rocks that keep us safe, keep the, the physical body safe. And so uh, folks should not be uh, changing the trail in any way. Um, you know, the... the what I what a, a community user could do is um, they can um, if they see bike trails off and they happen to have a rake of some sort they could um, do that they could also help if the existing trail is straight and uh, somebody has moved you know something a tree that lines the trail that's very light you could possibly put it right back on to help maintain the straightness of that trail but larger picture um, trail work is something that it would be best to report to GCAT. So there's small things we can do as a community. And um, sometimes I even uh, in my position cover spur trails or just, you know, put like some rocks there that are very small, hoping that it sort of discourages users from using that spur trail. But anything beyond that, um, I I would recommend GCAT uh, reporting what you find to GCAT and taking pictures as well. Pictures are helpful. So if you just take pictures and you send it to um, to us um along with the location and long um longitude and latitude um we can go out there and make the change too oh that's fantastic so even if someone you know wasn't part of an organization necessarily that was going to adopt a trail there are still things that the local or the regular user can do to help Mm -hmm. keep the trails nice and 
Are there volunteer opportunities for trail work days and things like that? There are. I don't currently know them off the top of my head. Um, But, you know, one thing that we are hoping to branch out to as this trail ambassador position becomes more established is to have trail ambassador volunteers. Um, So folks who can, um, you know, commit some time during the week to to um, working with our teams to go out there and educate folks on responsible recreation as well. So that is something that we're hoping to expand response, you know, trail ambassador program too. That sounds fantastic. So there's so many levels that um, a community user can get involved without necessarily, you know, the person who can't necessarily commit to five or six hours a day on the weekends as an official trail ambassador, Mm -hmm. they can still, they can be like junior ambassadors or exactly ambassadors in waiting or something. Exactly. And that's probably how you'll get more people to be ambassadors. Right, right. The volunteer um, who's like, this is great. I could get paid to do this. Yes, you can get paid to do this. I can get paid by Grand County to go hiking and biking. And- you can. Um, yes. And I, I do hope that that becomes an avenue we can explore soon um, because you know, we all have a little bit of time that we can commit to this, to this, um, responsible recreation culture, leave no trace culture. So what about, so obviously there's been a lot of changes. We've had a fire in the cells. We've had all kinds of, um, things going on. Um, I don't know if you want to speak about this, but, um, I know there's going to be a lot of trail work uh, in the near future, and there are some new trails Mm -hmm. in the works. Mm -hmm. Do you want to tell us a little bit about any of that? Um, I'm not, that's, that's outside of the scope of my responsibilities, actually. So my, I actually do little to no trail work myself, um, and neither does do the trail ambassadors. Um, Their focus is primarily on education. And so if I I have seen stuff on the trail that I've needed to report um, to, you know, the director or um, land agencies. And um, so I'm not up to date on all the trail work that's happening around here, um, because it's outside of the scope of my position. And I, I wouldn't be giving accurate information. Well, we know people we can hit up exactly. for, um, for more information on, on those kind of things. Um, as in this role, are you working interagency? Like, are you interfacing through Grand County, but with BLM, with Arches, or with the National Park Service, with State Land Trust? Are you all working together on these projects? Um, specifically on the Trail Ambassador Program, this is a collaboration. Um, we're currently on BLM land um, doing this, so it's a collaboration between the BLM and Grand County as well as the Forest Service. So we'll actually... Our summer plan is to be on parts of the whole enchilada, educating um, mountain bikers on um, not only responsible recreation, but we do have brand new exit points on the whole enchilada that are are may not be known, um, that are great alternatives for um, riding in the summer. What are some of those? Perfect. <laughs> um, so Trail Mix has added on Raptor Route, uh, starting at lower porcupine single track commonly known as lps and it includes eagle eye which is some amazing uh winding downhill riding which is is kind of hard to find out here in the desert and then it connects to um either sand flats road or uh porcupine uh jeep road um connecting down to falcon flow which is a brand you know also a new trail um lots of downhill on that one as well and so there's options to you know be on the road in an accessible portion in the event that you know you need somebody to take you down um back to town or you know just an intermediate riding that's still fun flowy and um gets you that long day but ends in town essentially you just ride sand flats road out to milts if you want to go grab a burger after your ride and so that's you know that's for a long time um that's that last set 10 miles of the whole enchilada is a really dangerous portion to be on during the summer because there's very there's no exit points after after the um at the start of the porcupine jeep road I call it the breakup trail. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you you can often see um, 
Well, you get to see, yeah, you get to see all kinds of, of humanity and expressions of emotions yes. in, in that section of trail. And uh, yeah, it can be quite the thing. So it is nice to have that option also mm-hmm. for dispersing use. Yes. And keeping people, you know, keeping the flow going a little bit better so people aren't all congesting exactly. in one area. Exactly. Because that they can... You, the whole enchilada can see a lot of people in the span of one day. <laughs> yes, it most certainly can. Right. <laughs> it is pretty insane. Um, we we also call the, the snotch the Hillary step, which is, of course, a reference to climbing where people just like line up oh. in like these huge non-moving lines in the Hillary step to get up to Mount Everest. It's just kind of a famous congestion point. It is. But, it is. So it is great that we have these options. And not to mention, those trails are fantastic. Um Oh, yeah. You know, I personally, I like given choice. I love that option to ride into town and mm-hmm. not have to deal with pavement, really. Right. Except just to get from sand flats to my house. I mean, oftentimes I finish uh, my ride, whether it's the whole enchilada or you know, starting at LPS and I get to the pavement um, after porcupine. And I'm like, why didn't I leave a car here? This is the hardest part of the trail. Sometimes it is sometimes, especially if you're feeling beat down. Exactly. Especially if you're feeling beat down and you just somehow forget that there's still those three miles to ride and you're not used to, you know, you're, you're not used to the length of the ride regardless because, um, you're visiting and then you also have this last hot three miles to ride back into town. So, yeah, so that's one of our plans for um, the summer is to be up there um, educating folks and, and letting them know about, um, you know, what it means to ride off the trail and also what it means to take porcupine down. So um, looking forward this spring, where on the week, you're running your ambassador programs primarily on the weekends right now, the yes. official ambassadors. Um, where are they located currently on the weekends? Currently on the weekends, we... Um, are located either at Grand Staff, Mill Creek, or Corona Arch. And like I've been saying, a big portion of what we, the largest portion of what we do is educate folks on um, biocrest and off-trail travel. And so we are also locals and we love these areas as well. And we really want to um, see them preserved in the, you know, in whatever state we find them now. Um, And so if you do see one of our trail ambassadors at any of those, just know that we're trying, we're also doing our part in helping to mitigate uh, the impact that this, you know, this larger amount of visitors might have. And as we move into the summer, will you be moving your ambassadors to different locations? Obviously, we just talked about mm-hmm. the whole enchilada. Yeah. Um, no, I think predominant. We're going to stick predominantly to those three areas for now. We are, you know, slowly. Um, there's a couple other areas that are coming into the public spotlight. Um, Hidden Valley is one of them. And so you might see a trail ambassador uh, set up there. And then um, one thing I'd love to expand to and that we do have capacity for right now is um, manning our biking trail heads. So um, three main ones we want to be at are the Moab brands, Navajo Rocks and um, Amasabak. These are really highly trafficked areas. And the user groups that use some of these trails, specifically the Moab brands, um, might be new mountain bikers who don't necessarily know how to properly uh, let folks pass um, without doing damage to the bio crust um, and who you know may have lost some of that trail information in renting that bike because there's so much on a bike you have to remember and then they get to the trailhead and you know they might forget what trails did they recommend you know so um, having experienced mountain bikers out there to not only educate but to recommend is really important to us and so I currently I am the mountain bike trail ambassador <laughs> that we have. But as we get more uh, folks who are, you know, capable of working independently and, and, and educating, uh, we can expand the program even further and hopefully eventually to climbing areas as well. Yeah, it's so fantastic to mm-hmm. be able to have those people out there. And like you said, yeah. at that grassroots level, when you're getting the new users and the families. Yes. And oftentimes it's really great because the kids will keep the parents honest. Oh my gosh. Kids are the best at following the rules. (laughs) 
<laughs> and at taking on a role of responsibility. And so something I just, I handed you earlier is we have our Moab Trail Steward stickers, um, which uh, you can find with any trail ambassador. And it's an adorable whittail lizard. And how we've been using this and how we want to use it in the future is this is something that is earned, right? It's a badge of honor for staying on our trails. And so um, when specifically with families, when we um, educate folks on the BioCrest, the kids, I'm typically, you know, this is BioCrest, this is really important, here's why. And if you promise to stay on the trail and only the trail and make sure that mom and dad also stay on the trail and mom and dads love this because I say, just so you know, mom and dads are the worst at going off trail. And so it's really important that we have trail stewards just like you out there making sure that moms and dads stay on the trail at all times. And uh, if you do, we have this sticker for you to show that you put in all this hard work on the trail and we want to thank you when you come back out. And um, that has been a really exciting part of the program that we're introducing and an adorable part of it too. Adults love stickers and um, you know, it, it goes on the honor system, of course, because uh, we can't be everywhere at once. But um, just getting it into their mind that like we're out here thanking you for being here and being on our trails and taking care of them while you're there. So kids love it the most. They like to take on that responsibility. Um, and it's been a great, a, a great addition to our program. Well, that's really fun. I love that, you know, getting the whole the entire family involved and don't worry, all you parents out there. We know that you're good stewards too. We're not trying to parent shame. We're just trying to help give agency to the kids and, yes. and make it easier for you to uh, keep everybody toeing the line, keeping our trails nice and perfect and not going out of bounds and maintaining our healthy desert culture. Yeah. And for any locals out there, we know that you um, love and do your part to stay on the trails and, you know, protect our ecosystem. So if you ever do see a trail ambassador, um, let them know you're local and um, ask them for your Moab stewards sticker because you're out there doing your part and educating as well. So we thank you for that too. So um, if you ever see us, talk to us. Yeah, that's what the, you're a resource. We need to utilize this resource. Please do. Don't be shy. And I would say, I'm sure you would agree with this, that even if you're not planning to go ride at the Moab Brands or something, go out and check out this program and see what these stewards are doing and or see what the ambassadors are doing and how you might be able to be involved at an, your own individual level. Right, exactly. That'd be great. Do you for have any other outreach programs that are on the books or anything else that folks might want to know about as these programs um, continue to grow and hopefully expand? Um, I don't, I think currently if I do have anything, it's so small, it's just a note. <laughs> but, um, you know, we are, we have a nice trail presence on our um, social media and, you know, if there's anything that a Moab local could do for us, it's to promote Moab trail mix um, and just create connections on social media so that we can reach more people, especially your friends when they come to town. We have um, trail updates and um, we're going to be expanding our social media presence so that we can provide, you know, fun things, uh, fun content that, you know, focuses on leave no trace, human waste Um and um, recognition of also Moab locals. So you might get an email from me or a Facebook message, Instagram message that says, we want to we wanna show your face out there because you do your part too. So um, that's in the works to come out and hopefully connect to a larger audience than just locals, but um, still pass that message on to all of, all of our friends and recreators. I love it. Well, as we are winding down our time for Great Wide Open this lovely month of May, and the weather has been so spectacular, so I hope everyone is getting out and enjoying it as much as they are able to. Do you want to give us like maybe your top five tips for getting out there, being safe, being a great steward, but of course, enjoying all the Great Wide Open we have here in Moab? Right. Um, let's see. 
top five. Um, first, plan and prepare. Always, always know where you're going. Always make sure someone knows where you are. Um, that's huge in this desert, um, especially with the climate. And always recognize what the weather patterns are for that day. Um, we've had wind come up, we've had storms come up, and now we're getting out into that heat. And so it's really important to always carry that water um, for your day. One, one gallon is recommended per person per day. Um, sometimes more. Depends on what you're doing. Um, s- you know the trail and um, and stay on the trail. I think that you're doing your part by staying on the trail. You're protecting our mountains. You're protecting our desert. You're protecting our vegetation. Um, and so doing that um, helps to preserve everything for for the folks that come after you, including yourself. And then um, dispose of your human waste properly. Um, that means I always have a wag bag in my backpack, regardless of what I'm going to do. And so there's one in my hiking backpack. There's one in my mountain bike backpack and know that you're probably going to carry your human waste out and that it's better to carry yours out than somebody else's. So make sure your whole team (laughs) has a wag bag in their backpacks. (laughs) Those are all great tips. And it did just pop into my mind, like if you do get off a trail and you realize it, what would you recommend um, for the best practices to reestablish yourself back onto the packed trail? Well, it's a really good idea to walk up and down washes as an alternative or on rock. So if you see yourself off trail and you see a way to get back to the trail that looks like it's all on rock, take that alternative instead. If there's nothing else you can do and you have to walk back the way you came, but um, always, always walk back the way you came if there's no other durable alternative. So those are some great tips for all of us to remember and to pass on to others as we are out there hiking and enjoying the, all the great opportunities that we have for outdoor recreation in Moab, whether you're on a bike, whether you're hiking, um, try to minimize that impact and remember that one person's greatest social engagement might be another person's biggest nightmare. So (laughs) Show, show some respect for your friends out there, and you might love listening to White Snake at 11, but maybe the person camping next to you doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> and yeah, pack it out. Be great out there. Anna, thank you so much for coming in and talking to us, and it's really exciting to hear all these things that Grand County and the interagency groups are doing to both improve the user experience, experience, but also to protect our resources. And thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and um, really hoping that uh, there's this collaborative effort to, um, to put responsible recreation in the spotlight. It really does take a village. You can catch Great Wide Open on the KZMU Airwaves every second Monday of the month at 4 p.m.